Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slasher, a delusional look into all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Stormy. And I'm Adrian. And you're being pre-recorded, so right now it's <laughs> May, but it's going to be June when you're hearing this. Hello from the past. Hello. Uh, Stormy, how are you this week? I'm fantabulous. How are you? I'm doing well. At time of recording, I've just returned to the gym, so my body is... Um, adjusting to that again but Mm -hmm. beyond that everything's kind of been chill very chill love that I as of recording I just started my tattoo cover-up and I'm finally getting my ex-husband's mark off of my body so oh my god yes drinks to that (laughs) oh cheers to that I think is the expression right (laughs) I'm drinking water so same so am I gotta stay hydrated you know I'm a gym rat again is that a thing is that a thing who i don't know moving on thirsty bitches it's gemini season (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah well this is this the first episode of the month for you i think so it is happy gemini season (laughs) yeah gemini season uh this is june we're in the middle of summer now we made it to summer everybody so give yourself a pat on the back we've made it to summer this year has completely been non-existent and i don't know how we are here but we are we made it snaps and claps for everybody Yes, hopefully, you know, you guys are vaccinated or looking to become vaccinated. Uh, And yeah, so we can just get to feeling safe again. Whenever this comes out, I'm a week from seeing your beautiful little face. I know, isn't that wild? It is. So y'all bitches on the other end of this microphone better be ready for all the content. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, welcome to June. This, of course, month is dedicated to the lovely, the beautiful Stormy. And obviously, Stormy played a hands in this month's uh, film. Our discography. Filmography? Our filmography. There you go. Yeah. Uh, But what better way to start than with probably, I feel like, maybe one of the (laughs) most, um, I guess, like, widely considered one of the scariest movies, I think, in recent memory? It's a snuff film, for sure. It, yeah, it's a very uncomfortable watch. But obviously, by the title of today's episode, we're going to be talking Sinister. It wouldn't be my birth month without something a little twisted, so. Mm, one of many. Yeah, you know, we do what we can. <laughs> okay, well, let's just jump into the Sinister, because I'm excited to talk about her. Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Sinister is a 2012 horror film that follows the story of Ellison Oswald, a fumbling true crime writer, as he and his family have just moved into a new home. After he finds a box of old Super 8 videos, Ellison starts to notice one thing that connects each of them. As he starts to search for answers, the realization sets in that he may have bit off more than he can chew. Originally released on October 12, 2012, the film has remained a favorite in the horror community. The haunting nature of Bagul led to a sequel a few years later. Made on an estimated budget of about $3 million, the film would go on to make $18 million on its opening weekend. From there, it would then go on to make about $82 million worldwide. Directed by Scott Derrickson, who also directed The Exorcism of Emily Rose and Deliverance from Evil, um, co-wrote the film alongside C. Robert Cargill. The cast consists of Ethan Hawke as Allison Oswalt, Juliet Rylance as Tracy, Fred Thompson as the sheriff, James Ranson as the deputy, Michael Hall D'Addario as Trevor, and Nicholas King is the ghoul. So, uh, sinister okay so first off then what really made you want to talk about the movie this month um i as we know i have a thing for things that are uncomfortable or a little bit creepy a little bit more on the nastier side of horror and what better way to celebrate my birthday than something that brings that to light 
On top of that as well, there is like a heavy uh, discussion and plot of this film revolving around true crime and true mm-hmm. crime writing, which I also just kind of place into obviously your love of true crime and just anything and everything real world horror, I guess you can mm-hmm. say. Yeah. So I personally think it's a good time. Um, for, a, <laughs> for a snuff film, it's, I don't know. I do enjoy that it's not a two hour long snuff film. I like that we get a little bit of a break in between. Um, right. Well, obviously in terms of snuff film, I guess for most people, I mean, I think everybody should kind of have the idea of what it is. Obviously snuff film in terms of like real world is actual video surveillance or taping of an actual murder of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously, yeah, this is one of those movies that really uh, ties into like that uneasy feeling of looking at an actual snuff film kind of thing. I mean, like the, there's other films obviously that kind of lean into that as well. The Poughkeepsie Tapes is one, or however the fuck you say it, <laughs> is another movie that kind of leans heavily into that nature of uh, mm-hmm. exploitation, I guess you can say in a way. Yeah. And Sinister does it in a really, um, in a very clean way, I would say. I mean, it's still very terrifying, but I think it's probably the most popular film that involves any type of, I guess, like uh, snuff film exploration, I suppose. I feel like the cutaways um, almost make the murders a bit artistic. Like with the one where the the family gets their throat slashed. Like you don't directly see that you see it through Ethan Hawke's glasses and in the very end, you don't actually see the girl tear apart her whole family. You just see her like covered in blood. And then I, I personally like the way that they cut away. Well, the funny thing is, is that they were trying to make this movie like PG 13. Like that was their initial goal when filming this movie. They didn't want there to be good luck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They didn't want there to be any blood or anything like that on screen, like visibly on screen, like no actual uh anything i guess graphic in any nature and like uh they limit the amount of like cuss words that you hear in this movie obviously there's no like sex or anything along those lines like they were aiming for pg-13 um especially i I think around this time as well a lot of the movies i guess within that realm were kind of pg-13 but they were aiming for that for whatever reason but obviously just by the nature of like what we're watching i don't know how they expected to get a pg-13 even if they made it uh clean that's just not a realistic (laughs) that's not a realistic uh goal in the slightest for something that focuses on snuff film yeah i mean just the way that everything is handled uh it's very clean i guess like i said a little bit earlier like it still feels like a very uh tight movie it feels very although a lot of it is very terrifying it still feels pretty formulaic i would say especially i mean this is like in between insidious and the conjuring which are all great fantastic movies but in terms of the formula of what we were getting around this time which is like like you know is why i feel like around this time frame like realistically when i was like 17 or whatever it was at that time like i wasn't really like feeling a lot of the movies that were coming out around this time because it kind of felt very formulaic at least to me at that time frame now I can look back and like appreciate all of it um mm-hmm. for what they brought to the table in terms of you know the genre altogether but at that time I was it just it was always a family they were always moving into some type of house and it was some although you know at the time now looking back like they each kind of took their own direction with it and they each did something different um but at the same time it just felt very formulaic so I guess you I never I never really thought about it but you're right and they're not like, again, like they're not, it's not like they're the same movie because they're not. They just, it, a lot of it felt very similar in a way. A lot of the foundations are similar. Yeah, Hollywood knew what was working at this time and, <laughs> you know, they were rolling with it. I mean, it, and it happens constantly, especially in the horror genre. Uh, that's why obviously like you see booms in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s and, you know, the torture porn era and, you know, the remake era or the J-horror era. Like there's these eras in horror where everything's pushed out at the exact same time or at least for a span of four or five years or so. And it's just the same type of film. I really enjoy now, I think, with streaming and just everything that we have access to. Horror always feels uh, fresh and new, and there's always something different happening because we have a different way of consuming horror. And especially with like short horrors on YouTube and, you know, just a whole bunch of other things. Like it allows us to feel like the genre has definitely expanded. But this was still around the time where, 
uh, streaming and stuff was very limited. Like Netflix, I think was like really the only major thing around this time. So it was whatever Hollywood was giving to us and it felt the same. But I will say I did watch this movie in theaters when it first came out back in 2012 and it scared the living shit out of me to the point where I... I didn't watch it for many, many, many years again. I think the first time I watched it again was maybe, I don't even know. It's like a shot in the dark, but three, four, three, two years ago, maybe was the first time I watched it since it released. And it didn't scare me as much uh, when I rewatched it, but this movie definitely had a hold on me for a very long time. Yeah, for Bagul to be as not intimidating as he is, this movie does <laughs> This movie does have its moments. It's very good at doing jump scares. They're not, to me, I don't think they're cheesy. They get me almost every time. The only one that doesn't get me is the very end because I knew he was coming. <laughs> um, but I do enjoy a good jump scare. And this one's pretty full of it, honestly. Yeah, they do them so well in this movie. Like you said, even in rewatching it for this recording, I jumped like anytime that they wanted me to jump, I still jumped. And I knew, I knew what was coming. I knew every scare. Um, and it, they, they just get me every time. It's the sound design in this movie. It just really works. The music is yet another thing that I, that just kind of adds to the ambiance. It really puts you in the moment. It's the type of music that, you know, is, I mean, they obviously knew what they were doing and it makes you uncomfortable. It makes you anticipate that cringy feeling. Yeah. Quite honestly, I feel like, I mean, not I, just as I am, I guess. But I mean, just in terms of what we've been kind of discussing and reviewing recently, I mm-hmm. feel like, although like we hyped up, and as we should, the sound in Insidious and the, you know, the soundtrack and the score that they used in that film was great. But I, although I feel like it's, I don't know, I feel like it's never ending in Sinister, but I feel like it's a lot more chilling and sinister. I think they do a really good job with what they present in the movie. Although it does, again, I feel like it relies heavily on that because I feel like there's a lot more jump scares because of the sound in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like in Sinister uh, or in Insidious, like the lipstick demon reveal was quiet. You know, I mean, it was just a little bit of sound just to kind of help build the atmosphere, but it was more of like a, a silent scare, which I think is like remarkably more difficult to do than, or significantly more difficult to do than with sound, I guess. But Sinister still, I feel like it's one of those movies that does sound scares really well. Mm -hmm. The music to me almost feels like gritty, like grungy. I don't know. I don't know how to exactly explain it, but it feels dirty. (laughs) It does. Okay, well, listen. So I want to talk about the Bagul just all together. Because this bitch is so fucking, just so uptight. And she is sitting around just doing whatever she wants to do. She's having these children do her dirty work. But she is also a very artistic being. (laughs) She has a Super 8 camera. She's traveling through the years. She's filming. She's working hard. (laughs) Also, I don't know where she's editing these films. I guess she's doing (laughs) it by hand with the fucking... Right. Yeah, snipping away at her little ghost dimension. Her and the lipstick demon have tea together, and they're like, "Oh, what little kids are we getting this week?" But uh, you know what? The lipstick demon probably edits for her with the sharpened nails, just splits <laughs> right down the, the you middle. Know oh my god, I can see those two having a podcast. Oh my god, it's us. <laughs> Which one am I? I'm probably Bagul. Um, you're you're Bagul because you're the children eater. <laughs> I I don't eat children. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Why, uh, ma'am? Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> happy Pride Month! <laughs> oh my God, yes, Happy Pride! Uh, oh my God, I love that. Um, but yeah, but the Bagul is just like such um, a do nothing demon. <laughs> I feel like Bagul reminds me of like. An early 2000s wrestler. Like that me the makeup, I imagine that to be oh, like an Undertaker vibe. Paw bear the house down. <laughs> like, you know that's grease makeup that they put on underneath the stage. <laughs> and I just don't understand. Like, if I'm a eater of children, that's right. legitimately what it like translates to. Right. If I'm a pagan deity that has obviously been alive for who knows how long. Like, 
I would not want to live in that body. Like I would be, mm. I would be banging. You know what I mean? Right. You're right. I mean, like the lipstick demon looks great. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? These afterlife entities, uh, I mean, a lot of them, I guess, are desperate for a body, but like the actual pagan deities, like they, yeah, they need to be looking great. You know, if you're going to be somebody who is, you know, literally, sh- you know, having people killed on earth in your, uh, you know, in wake of your- in your honor. <laughs> yeah, in your honor, <laughs> in wake of your arrival, then like you better look hot. <laughs> right. I don't want to look like Scarecrow mixed with The Undertaker. I mean, honestly, though, the fit is... <laughs> the fit? I mean, I guess you're right. It's a little basic, right? A little bit. She's just wearing all black. Yeah. I mean, honestly, same. Same. Yeah, my vibe. Very much my vibe. Very much. I just feel like we could have done more. Yeah. Quite honestly, I, I mean, in terms of, <laughs> of the movie, it, it it's very scary. I feel like Bagul is very terrifying to look at. If that bitch was standing in the middle of my, in the corner of my room. Oh, I've seen Bagul. 100%. Oh. At the foot of my bed. That's happened before. But <laughs> you know what? he does feel very, his design feels, he feels familiar. Very, yeah, very familiar, which I think is, I think the best thing that you could do for a boogeyman character. Essentially, that's what he is, is the boogeyman. Um, right. So I think it's probably the most modern approach they can take to presenting Boogeyman in a way. Uh, definitely has uh, some vibe of Slender Man as well, a little bit. Just not, I mean, obviously just with the plain white face, all black. But again, I feel like that's something that's been commonly talked about for a bit, that anything that you see in the middle of your room is going to be like a dark black figure. So, you know, I don't know. They do a really good job of making him look very creepy. Grungy very grungy i feel like that's how you can describe this film it's just gritty like grungy like not rob zombie grungy but just the vibe feels grungy i don't know it's the snuff film aspect of it that makes it feel dirty for sure and then that and the eight film is so gritty is not the word i can't think of the right word it's just so dated it's aged it's very um i mean i guess you kind of say you you mean i could I feel like grungy is a good way of describing how the film looks in a way. So I think that just adds to the vibe. It's just grungy. I mean, this movie altogether is a hoot and a holler, I feel like. I mean, I just feel like, no, like. Where are you from? Where are you from? (laughs) You're showing your roots, honey. Good Lord. A hoot and a holler. I'm literally the one that just bought a truck and you're all hoot and hollering. (laughs) Well, I just feel like, uh, although it is very terrifying, uh, the characters kind of make me laugh a little bit. Uh, obviously, we're moving in with the Oswald family. Obviously, uh, Ellison or uh, Ethan Hawke's character is a true crime writer. He's risen to fame with Kentucky Blood, which I guess was his harrowing journey into, you know, solving a murder or whatever he was attempting to do. I'm sure. I mean, that's, that's his stab. That's his thing. Yeah, his stab. Oh my God, to got Weathers tease. Mm. <laughs> And then, of course, he's had two other books that, you know, were hit or miss. And now here he is, desperate for another best-selling book. And he's moving his family into this town. Literally, they know he's moving him into the actual home of the murderer uh, that he's trying to solve. Which who, That? Girl. Oh, my God. That line cracks me the fuck up. Because she's... The wife literally asks, like, we didn't move into, uh, we didn't move in a few houses down from a crime scene again, did we? And he just looks at her like, no. <laughs> no. Like, we moved into the actual house, bitch. Like, we, mm, not down the street. I'm technically not lying. So would you ever, like, move into a house? No. You wouldn't. Would you stay no. the night in a house where people were killed? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Would you? I don't even know if I could stay the night. Why not? You have. <sighs> You think probably right, probably anywhere in it, really. You have there's hotels, there's Airbnbs. Your your house probably like depending on the price of your house, somebody was probably <laughs> murdered inside. <laughs> in our small town, girl, somebody somewhere, somebody's grandma. Okay, well, not, I mean, knowingly though, if I'm going to knowingly stay in a place where somebody was murdered, oh, a hundred percent. So you would, I I wouldn't mind. Let's say the night. You probably wouldn't do a lot of sleeping. No. That's what I'm saying. I would probably stay late. I would probably really stay late into the night if it was like a ghost hunting thing. And mm-hmm. then I would probably, I feel like closing <laughs> my eyes is like the kiss of death. Like I can't lay down and close my eyes in this space because I won't come back. I just imagine you being like, mm, 
it's 2.45, gotta go. And yeah. just fucking bail. <laughs> no, no, I was like, I'll say to 3 a.m. and then I'm gone. Because that's the witching hour. Imagine the door locks right at 3. Uh, <laughs> I imagine uh, you just standing at the door like, um, bitch. Uh, I'm going to be very heated. I would probably, <laughs> honestly, I would start throwing hands. Whoever was in there, whoever. <laughs> but cool yeah. is about to cast his hands. <laughs> Very much that. But so you would do it. You would actually willingly stay in a space where somebody was murdered. Oh, yeah. Like like you said, I probably wouldn't sleep. But like, I'm down. Yeah. I think as, as late as I can make it, I would attempt to do it. But once once things started to feel a little too cold for comfort, I'm definitely, I'm hitting, I'm hitting the street. I got to go. <laughs> what up, demons? It's me, your boy. <laughs> I'm just going to sit there with... What's it? I think it's a Dybbuk box where they can talk through it. Something along those lines, I think. Call me Zach Bagelbines. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, kind of looking at it from his perspective, then, uh, Ethan's character. Obviously, he's here because he's he he needs something. He's putting his family into this very odd position uh, just for the hell of it. Obviously, the police hate him uh, from what we <laughs> see. The sheriff is very... Sheriff said, get the fuck out of my town <laughs> you're an embarrassment but james Robinson character uh <laughs> eddie from it chapter two he is so yes, cute in this movie i love him i just want to squeeze his little cheeks he's so baby face in this movie he is he looks so young and so just he looks so adorable he's so and he's so funny he's the comic relief in the film as well obviously and he's amazing officer so-and-so deputy so-and-so oh deputy <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's adorable. But yeah, so this family is moving into this house. Uh, the children are here. The daughter is so scary from the jump. Like she just, she, like I, like I don't know, like why we didn't get more of just how no, because she's creepy in this movie, and yeah, I feel like they could have done a little bit more. Because I mean, she plays a big part in the end of this movie, and we didn't really get any of that. We didn't really get too much of like us having the idea it would be her. Maybe they didn't want to give it away. I guess. They wanted I it to right. be a surprise. But it wasn't even like a surprise. So you might as well like, I don't know, just make it a little bit more cohesive. Because for whatever reason, the ending feels a little, although rushed. it builds up to it, a little rushed, I guess you can say. A little, it feels like it happens just out of nowhere. Right. But I mean, it makes sense. It was the right ending. It just, it felt like it just, and the movie is fucking long. It's not like it's short either. It's a <laughs> long movie, but it just felt like right. it ended abruptly. I don't know why. But that daughter is very creepy. McCool, it's just like, time's up, bitch. Let's go. And that's really how it goes. I was the first, I remember the first time I watched it, Ethan Hawke starts to act like tripping out where he's burning the tapes and everything. And I expected like some Amityville horror shit, like where the dad's going to go crazy and kill the family. And so I was pleasantly surprised that I didn't get that ending when I was younger. Um, I definitely still see those elements. I see a lot of... Um, elements from The Shining. I feel like this couple is the couple from The Shining if they actually loved each other. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel about Ethan Hawke and his wife. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously they have a lot of similarities, but you can definitely tell it's a little bit of a tribute. Right. I think, and, and you know, the movie itself, I think is great. I think it's a great movie. It's still very terrifying. And I don't even have a big issue with it at all. I don't really have an issue with the direction that they went in or the story that they told, to be quite frank. But if we're going to kind of look at it just slightly in a critical sense, um, I definitely feel like the whole children aspect of it and his two kids, he has two kids in the house. I feel like that whole storyline was just absent. You know what I'm saying? Because he's taking the time. We follow him around more than anything. Which is, I mean, which is fine. Like, if we're following his character and he really can't make the connection to his children, you know, then fine. You know, that's the story that we're being taken on is whatever journey he's experiencing. But just uh, cinematically or from, like, a storyline aspect, uh, that whole part of this movie was just never explored uh, thoroughly. And it definitely, and that's why the ending, I think, feels just so, like, kind of, although it's expected, it also feels like it's out of the blue because we never spent any time with the daughter we had no idea who she was we didn't she only had like one or two creepy little scenes where she mentions she's doing her creepy little paintings her little paintings or where she mentions that she talks to the girl who used to live in the house like we get a little bit of that the son obviously they help us understand that he has like really bad night terrors and we do get a good 
couple of uh, jump scares out of him, though. We do. We actually do. But, but, and I, I mean, I guess with kid actors, I mean, them not having any lines is, you know, I, I mean, honestly, it could probably be better for this movie that they didn't or that they maybe cut a lot of what they were doing. Um, but I mean, the fact that they really don't even speak or say anything, it just, I feel like it's such a big part of the Bagul character to be also kind of weakening these children. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we don't get any of that. We just see him picking at Ethan, which is fine. It's still a fine movie and it's uh, it's not even like a big issue. But, you know, storyline-wise, I feel like they dropped the ball heavy with all that. Yeah, they definitely missed out on a lot of elements that could have really made the story by completely ignoring the children. I think with any good haunted house movie, it always has children involved in it obviously and because it's typically like a family dynamic and I feel like if uh if it's going to be something that's probably a really good haunted house movie I guess like something's gonna have to happen to the kids uh like you know it goes like poltergeist uh the conjuring I mean all these movies obviously something always happens to the children or the children are also involved in some scares it heightens the aspect I mean uh, it's hard because I feel like the movie takes a lot of chances anyways just with like the snuff films and everything I just feel like, you know, not having any of the family involved in any of the actual scares. It just feels like it was such a missed opportunity to have those characters there and nothing happened to them. I understand that's not the story that they were wanting to tell. They just wanted to follow Ethan, kind of going crazy. But yeah, it just kind of bugs that they kind of get paid, paid dust in this movie. And the mom's a great actress. She does great in this movie. She just, she really doesn't have too much to go off of beyond just being annoyed the entire time. Yeah, they definitely dropped the ball. Uh, so anyways, I mean, from the jump, obviously, though, with this movie, as soon as they move into the house, Ethan finds the tapes, like, right away. So, uh, I mean, you know, I guess anybody would watch these tapes. I'm sure you would watch them right away. No. You wouldn't have? No. Why? I've seen The Ring. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess you're right. It could be anything. I mean, I guess you never know. I think in any time I find... Uh, an old videotape or something or I guess that doesn't happen as much these days but (laughs) (laughs) as a kid or whatever or even if it's like a random I don't know just if I click on the video link I don't know whatever it is I'm always scared that it's going to be something like this it's going to be some type of creepy snuff film where I'm going to be watching somebody get murdered I think it's like a really deep fear of mine so like you said I guess if I found anything random it happened to me on Twitter dude what yeah so I can't remember what the like the thing was, was, they were just like, oh my God, you won't believe the ending. And I was like, okay, you got me. And so I click on it and it's literally this man and probably like a teenager, trigger warning, honestly. Um, They're being held by like the cartel and they slash the dad's throat. They cut the son's heart out of his <gasps> chest. Like, I've heard of this video. And I, it was one of those things where I was so shocked that like I almost couldn't like I couldn't look away and yeah, I will never forget how that felt. <laughs> I can't believe you watched that video. Cause I remember hearing about that whole thing when it happened. It was a lot. It's, it's happened to me several times on fucking Twitter. Like I've watched. Stay off of Twitter. <laughs> I apparently uh, see. And you wonder why I'm not. <laughs> um, I've watched two people commit the S word on, on Twitter. And that's a lot. Like it's, it's one thing to like hear people talk about it and stuff like that, but it's another thing to see it. And the internet's a dangerous place. That's why I'm 100% would not watch these tapes. And another reason is, um, you know, we grew up in the, in the age of VHS tapes. So you really didn't know if you were playing like somebody's first birthday or like a taping of a movie or it could be porn. So <laughs> I think I've just really learned. I mean, obviously I haven't learned since I'm clicking links on Twitter, but <laughs> in the film world, I'm not touching it. I would. I would watch them in a heartbeat. Mm, good luck. I mean. There are strange tapes just found in your home. You're saying if you opened your closet and just stuffed in the back, there was a box of tapes, you would watch them. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, that's hard. Um, uh, I guess realistically, I would, I would be very wary of watching them. But I think mm. Curiosity Killed the Cat, My Pussy's Dumb. I would probably, <laughs> I'd probably watch one just to see. Okay, maybe. 
Probably. Hmm. I'm kind of stupid. So I probably would. <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> so, but I don't know. I guess you're right. It's a little creepy. And it just, and it just says home movies. And it's just so, so creepy. Um, but yeah, he finds them. And that's pretty much a big part of this movie, obviously, are these movies and what they present to us. Because he goes and he watches them immediately. I mean, the movie, even with its open, like it immediately puts us into one of them. Obviously, we see the family being hung right from the jump. And then that's the first video that Ethan also watches. And it's creepy. It's creepy because it's like, it feels like a commercial at first. Like it's showing the family just all having a good time at, you know, in the backyard, enjoying life. And then just cuts to them all being hung. And I don't know. It's a very uncomfortable thing to be witnessing. The strength of that child to string her whole family. (laughs) (laughs) She has the goal strength. But still, I just imagine little Wendy's arms just like Stephanie. <laughs> she Stephanie. Yeah, Stephanie's arms. <laughs> I was thinking uh, Wendy Torrance. Oh. <laughs> I'm still stuck on The Shining. Always. Mm. Um, but yeah, this fucking shit is crazy. And the first time that I watched this in theaters, I was completely flabbergasted. It definitely makes you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I think hanging is one thing that no matter the like context is something that is going to make you uncomfortable. Um, just, uh, just because of the history behind it and all of the horrible things that have been done to plenty of people throughout the years through lynching, through hangings. So it's just one thing, like even outside of this context, hanging is scary. Yeah. And it's, Unsettling, and we see children being hung. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they they went into this trying to aim for a PG thirteen. Like you're showing a kid yeah. being two children being hung at the very mm-hmm. beginning of this movie, and you think, oh yeah, we're gonna get a PG thirteen. Oh yeah, well, and that is one thing that I will give this movie in general is we kill I think like ten kids. I mean five kids. Oh, they're knocking them out, girl. But uh, we they left the chihuahua alive. <laughs> I was so nervous when that chihuahua popped up on screen. I was like, they don't kill the dog. And I couldn't remember. And I'm glad that they did it. Because that would have been, I would have turned the movie off immediately. Because like killing children is something like. Taboo. It's very taboo. Yeah. Like by the formula, we kind of just ignore that possibility in horror a lot mm-hmm. like i mean even in halloween like they kind of allude looking at the baby but like and he, there's like obviously that air of like is he really gonna kill that fucking baby and then he walks away so it's really just something that like we try i say we like i'm actually part of the <laughs> film community but it's something <laughs> that the horror community like tries to openly avoid so for us to be knocking out children the way that they do in this movie is a little ballsy it's very ballsy, and we get it from the jump. And fucking Ethan is knocking back whiskeys immediately. Uh, same, because <laughs> he is getting his life, girl. He's knocking it back this time, movie. And I don't blame him. I really don't blame him. He said, "My only friend is Jack, <laughs> <laughs> Jack and Daniels, girl." Yeah, but he immediately finds these tapes. Uh, he starts going through them. We, you know, we get uh, girl. Let me get into this with this movie. This movie is so dark. It is so difficult to <laughs> see anything. I'm blind, dude. I, I just, am also blind. I have a headache. I genuinely have a headache from watching this movie. As much as I enjoy it, holy fuck. Like, not only is this, like you said, not only is the subject matter dark, but like the visuals, my God. Girl, there were times where I was like, is my TV on? I thought it <laughs> turned off. <laughs> Because I was like, is this is this movie still on? I thought it just like would cut to black. And it's like, I don't remember cutting to black. And then he would like walk through a doorway and then all of a sudden it'd be a burst of sunlight. And I'm like, how is there so much light coming from that one door, but it doesn't illuminate the rest of the room? What's happening? What's How was this house designed? What fucking, <laughs> I don't know. Who designed this home? Because they obviously were just like, girl, it's a mess. It's a dark home. It's very I dark. I want to talk to his wife. Um, because eventually whenever they move back into their old home, uh, it's a whole ass like plantation mansion (laughs) and like they were living in, I mean, obviously the first, the house that they moved into like, isn't a bad home. It's not like 
It's not anything to like turn your nose up at, but I mean, compared to that home, compared to yeah. like what they were in, I'm just like, girl, right? Uh, for you to give that up, you must really love your husband because <laughs> well, they couldn't afford it. Apparently, is the issue. I don't know how they were able to get it. So then, how they moved back in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, I was very confused. They talked to the bank. They're like, "Give us another try." Girl, I don't know what they did to get back into that house, but yeah, I wanted. I would like to talk to her as well because she definitely does put up with a lot. I feel like. Um, especially in terms of like what they present to us, like with what their life is moving from place to place while he researches these books. And, you know, there's a lot of negativity that surrounds him as well, I guess, at least in the local community, because he he's a cabin girl. <laughs> he is not about the police. He's exploiting everybody. Yeah. He's like the police be fucking up. They miss shit. You know, they be letting things go unnoticed. And so obviously he has like a rough dynamic with the police. And if you know, mm-hmm. if you have an issue with the police, you're going to have an issue with just being able to live comfortably. The community, yeah. Yeah. So he obviously brings a lot of that turmoil to his family, which is really, mm-hmm. it's not easy, but, you know, they love him enough to deal with that because... Well, and the, like, going on the whole ACAB thing, um, <gasps> he... F- <laughs> Listen. <laughs> but going off of that statement, like, he really finds these tapes, watches all of them, and he's... Part of him is like, uh, I should call the police. And then like halfway into that, he's like, mm, they're not going to solve it. So let me do it and fucking exploit them. So no wonder the fucking cops have no interest in him. Yeah. I mean, he was, yeah, he was almost, he had watched, which one was it? It was it when they cut the throats. I think right after he watched them get their throat slashed is when he was going to call the police. But yeah, he has that ridiculous moment of staring at his first book. And he just like, you know, that awakens the beast within. <laughs> just clicks it off. He's yeah. like, mm. And he's like, mm, no, I did it once. I can do it again. And I'm like, no, baby, you you can't probably just give it up. Back, pack it just up. Give baby. it up. It's me. I win. You, you lose. <laughs> okay. Wow. Listen, I've been on my Nikki kick lately. <laughs> but yeah, like at this point, it's gone beyond what he was even trying to do. Because it did. Because, I mean, again, he was trying to investigate the murder of this family and the one missing child. And it mm-hmm. turned into this huge thing where he thought, you know, possibly it was a man, a serial killing man who, you know, was targeting these families for years on it. And it turned into a much bigger story. Um, I think he was mm-hmm. slightly overwhelmed and he should have packed it up. <laughs> right. But in his mind, this was going to be bigger than Kentucky blood. So... But yeah, again, this families are they're going through a lot of turmoil. Uh, a lot of the dialogue between him and the mom or his wife in this film, it is just a lot of screaming. We also get mm. their their fight in the room after she finds out that they are living in the house of <laughs> the family who was murdered there. Uh, and I, I, I mean, they are just screaming at each other for at least five minutes. It's a very like lengthy fight scene. Uh, well done. But I didn't need to see it. <laughs> oh, the drama seeking person in me was popcorn at the ready. I love watching people fight. <laughs> I need to know whose side I am on. And obviously I'm on the wife's side because do not bring me and my children into this murder house. <laughs> so kind of coming back to the tapes then, let's kind of go through the rest of them. Let's just get those knocked out. Uh, so yeah, we see the ones that, you know, we see the family get hung Uh scary moving on so we also <laughs> <Scary>. have <laughs> the family that is tied up put into their car and then burned alive uh insane right i think this might be my least favorite yeah <laughs> i was gonna say the less gory of all of them yeah the less horrifying yeah it also didn't creep me out as much as the rest okay. of you others the rest of them so this is probably my least favorite. Which, oddly enough, we had something like this happen in our hometown. Oh, do we? Where that guy killed his grandparents and stuffed them in a car and set them on fire. Um, You're like, oh, yeah, I never heard about that. I probably suppressed that memory. <laughs> You're uh, all, thanks for opening that red door, you bitch. <laughs> um, I don't remember that at all. Oh, crazy. Crazy shit. Girl. But yeah, so that happens. The family gets burned alive in their vehicle. Uh, the pool one is a little insane to me, just because I feel like drowning is probably uh, one of my biggest fears. Same. I can't swim. Yeah, I can't swim well at all. And so 
I don't know. And it just feels like, I don't know, b- bodies of water are just kind of creepy. I think it's the, you know, the vast nothingness of the ocean that makes water creepy. Mm-hmm. Even, even if it's a pool, it just feels, I don't know. It feels like a portal to another world. So just feeling like I would die in that water would just freak the fuck out of me. So right. I can't even imagine being fucking tied to these pool chairs and fucking just pulled into the pool like that. Well, and the actors actually went through this. Like this is an actual stunt that happens and they're tied to the chairs and they're dunked underwater and there's divers under that are giving them air. And I don't know that you could pay me enough, honestly. I would never. (laughs) Like I would have say like, yeah, I have a fuck ton of money now, but I also have a lot of trauma. (laughs) So maybe if they were paying for like my therapy, after the fact medications mm. yeah if they're paying those bills then maybe if i'm getting paid well for it all if i'm being paid for it on top of being able to be supplied with you know the actual support uh, support <laughs> after the fact then yeah i would be probably all for it mm, i don't know questionable <laughs> but even nicholas who plays bagul uh in the movie had to also be down there with weights to get the infamous scene of him walking underneath the water which is fucking creepy as all fuck yeah so creepy. that's one thing that like comes in handy that he doesn't have actual like eye sockets like eyeballs <laughs> because they didn't have to like force his eyes open because i feel like that is so uncomfortable to be under the water oh yeah yeah girl Moving on to, like you said, the one with the family where they get their throats slit, I feel like is probably the most uh, intense. Well, I don't know. Artistic. Uh, most artistic one, yeah. Because it's a slow. It's the slowest one, maybe the most methodical one. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the most torturous one. It just feels a little bit more. Uh, I don't know about the most torturous one. <laughs> because <laughs> the very last. <laughs> it, I, it feels the most invasive, I guess. Okay. You know what I'm saying? They're in their bed, you know, I feel like it's very, you know, the bed's supposed to be a sanctuary and that's where right. they're slowly killed. And I also feel like being cut at the throat is like a slow way to go. Uh, hopefully they cut your carotid and you bleed out pretty fast, but I've heard that it's hot. Like it feels like a searing pain. Ooh. And I'm not, I'm not down for that. Yeah, but it's definitely a very uncomfortable scene. And the music, the music that they use in these little videos so scary Ugh. nasty so scary has there been a haunt of the sinister like of the sinister mm, movie i don't know i've definitely i've definitely been to haunts that like have elements from it but i don't think there's been like a specific like sinister house you know what i mean like halloween horror nights yeah they need to immediately because i feel like it's easy it's the music is so terrifying in of itself the music does most of your work for you, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's so scary. But I think probably the most, uh, probably the most brutal and the most terrifying to watch, just because of how well the jump scares orchestrated in this film, is the lawnmowers. Yeah, yeah, that one's rough. We start out with just the mom in that one, and then we don't get the rest of the family till later. But yeah, that one's that one's a little rough. Also, it's raining. Um, <laughs> it is. It's raining. It's also like nighttime. Can you imagine being their neighbors? <laughs> you're just fucking pissed because it's probably two in the morning and your neighbors are deciding to mow their lawn. And then you find out the next day that they were mowing their whole family. <laughs> Imagine if you're the neighbor and you look into the backyard and like you just see the little girl in her little raincoat with her family tied <laughs> like, up. Bitch, what are you doing? <laughs> and with the lawnmower just racing to her family's heads. I, mean, <laughs> I would not be able to dial 911 fast enough. I would probably because nobody would believe you. I, I feel call, like yeah, I would call 911. I would then get in my car and I would just drive. And I, <laughs> I would wherever I end up is where I'll live. If I end up in like a weird Alaskan community, I'll make do. If I end up like in New York City, then I'll make do. I'll just drive. I'm leaving my life behind. And I just gotta, I gotta start over. I gotta start over fresh after seeing. Are you like bringing that. anybody with you? Are you letting anybody know? Or it's just fresh start uh, across the board? Fresh start across the board. I'll probably let my family know, my mom and my sister. Uh, I'm sure I'll let my boyfriend know, but yeah, he's even being left behind. I gotta start fresh. <laughs> 
he said fresh, fresh. fresh okay, fresh, so if yeah. the pod, if the podcast ever ends, me or Adrian saw something traumatic and we had to go. <laughs> yeah, if we just disappear from the internet one day, uh, first off, a cab, but call the police. Figure out what time. Figure out where I went, please. If I really just disappear, please figure out where I went. Um, God, I hope that doesn't have to come back into play later. And they play this audio. Oh my later. God! <laughs> and they're like, "This is what he said. He knew." Yeah, um, he'd probably. <laughs> but they'd play it back, and the cops would be like, mm, "He said a cab," and that's they have the file closed. Like, you said you sealed your own fate, baby. <laughs> they closed the laptop. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> Uh huh. They would in a heartbeat, girl. They really would. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's me. They can come. I mean, now I'm afraid. <laughs> you said it's me. The energy's been put out there. Now I'm scared. Um, I want to know what your favorite like snuff film is, and I want to know which one you would want to like out of all of them. Which one would you want? To- I mean, you obviously don't want to, but if you have to pick one to die, bye. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Give me those answers. Why are you, don't look at me like that. I don't want to like, I don't want to, I don't want to. Okay. Let's get into it. So obviously the best (laughs) one is, uh, the lawnmower scene. I feel like the most visually striking one is the being hung, um, by the tree, Mm-hmm. But I feel like the best altogether and just best uh, orchestrated scare is going to go to the lawnmower movie. So that's probably my favorite. Um, if I were to perish, how are you dying? <laughs> right. If I were to perish in one of these films, um, maybe the lawnmower. I feel like it just go really fast, right? No. You don't think? Well. I think it would be fast, but like you still have to experience like being chopped. You know, the Bagul is one fucked up bitch because everything is like, that's what I was trying to like figure out. I was like, if I were to go by one of these films, like they're also torturous. Like either I'm going to have to be hung slowly. I'm going to have to be burned alive, which is just torturous. I'm going to have to drown slowly. I'm going to have to have my throat sliced uh, by a child and it probably won't hit the main artery and I'll probably be bleeding out slowly or i could just you know have my head massacred by a lawnmower blade so i feel like that might be just the quickest but i mean mm. i really don't know i don't know the science behind what would happen if a head met a lawnmower blade where are smithbusters when you need them <laughs> but i feel like that might be maybe just the quickest way to go because everything else just feels so torturous same questions to you so my favorite my famous lawnmower is like you said. So mine are the same answers. Like, um, I, the one that I like, I don't want to say that I like watching the most, but <laughs> the like one that's, and it's not prettiest isn't the right word, but I can't think of the correct word, but the hanging scene is it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous, yeah. it's a gorgeously shot, uh, death. It really is. It's just, it's, yeah. it's the only one that happens in the daylight. So that in itself is visually striking and it's very haunting. And then when they edit it later on to add the little girl where she's literally swinging on her family's feet. Oh uh, yeah. So uncomfortable. It's such a good, it's just a good fucking scene. It is. It really is. Um, If I'm going to die, I'm going to die in a car. Like I'm going to die in the car burning scene Um, because drowning worst fucking fear. And then also fire. um, I mean, you go into shock pretty quick, honestly, like the human body does. So whatever. And with that much like gas that they put in, we're exploding. Like this house is not going to be intact. I don't know. I feel like the Bagul is pretty smart. It probably like would, <laughs> it would probably stop the fire or something before it got to because they he needs somebody else to move into the home because we find that out eventually as well. It's like these families are like living in the home of the previously killed family, so he needs somebody. Well, to move he into can't house. stop me from going into shock. So <laughs> I mean, at that point, he doesn't care. As long as, if you die, you die. At that point, right? So that's how I'm dying. Burn me alive, Daddy, just like the rest of my witches. <laughs> Yes. Um, but with that, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, yes, the movie's great. It has great scares. Obviously, the film, the Super 8 film scenes are like what the movie is centered around because everything else is very, like, it's just very uh, basic. You know, he researches the Bagul, finds out it's pretty much the boogeyman. Like, it, you know, nothing, you know, wow, shocking. It's the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks to an old professor guy who tells him, you know, he's 
the plot point and a man who just knows so much about this thing um and then you know we get a little bit of him and the cop uh james jensen's character helps him you know figure out some of these addresses that's how they figure out you know the families live in each home right um you know it's all pretty straightforward <laughs> but yeah i don't know and nothing else really happens the scares that happen with ethan by himself quite honestly freak me the fuck out like imagine waking up in the middle of the night and having like that old like fucking projector on right no uh i get scared by like the air conditioner turning on (laughs) same though same a whole ass projector no thanks the scare with a dog i hate to be honest and i hate the little ghost kids as well i don't they're just kind of needless they're running in slow motion but still somehow he can't see them i mean i mean they're ghosts i don't think he's gonna be able to see them you can see ghosts. Not if they don't want to be seen. You never, they're children. They obviously <laughs> want to be seen. They're playing hide and go seek. I don't know. But yeah, that scene is needless. And I hate, again, the scene with the dog. Where did that dog come from? Does this, do they not have like a gate in their backyard? No. I don't know. I guess it's just free range back there because the kid ends up in a bush too. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but I thought the bushes were just a part of the backyard. I don't know how this dog got there. But yeah, but the scene with the kids behind them is stupid. I didn't need like the little ghostly kid scenes. I just didn't need them. The whole shh. I hate that shit. It's so um, repetitive that it gets almost annoying towards the end. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I'm just like, bitch, you shut the fuck up. Don't tell me to shut up. <laughs> I will say though, the scene in which pretty much where he breaks down at the end of the movie, uh, where he wakes up and he hears the projector, but the projector's gone. He just hears it in his head. And then it starts like flashing on the screen and it shows us the ladder. And then he sees the ladder that leads up to the attic and he's walking to it. I think it's probably one of the scariest scenes in the movie. Uh, and he's like crawling up the ladder slowly and it's kids watching the projector. <laughs> yes, dude, the kids watching the uh, projector screen. It's the bull walking into the screen. And then he just pops like right in front of the screen. Uh, and it's so fucking terrifying. It scared me again this time around. I screamed when it happened. I said, motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. It's such a good scene. Oh, I hate it. Um, And then, like, in the end where the daughter kills Ethan Hawke and his family, um, the way Bagul just, like, picks her up and then walks away, like, walks into the screen is pretty Aggressive. cool. He was hungry. <laughs> he was. He needed fresh meat. Yeah. He feeds on their souls forever is what that one researcher said. And I was like... Oh, it almost reminds me of it in a way where like he has to come back every so often to grab some more. Oh, to feed. Yeah. yeah. Very my children's souls. Very that. So, I mean, the movie itself altogether, I mean, how do you feel about it overall? I enjoy it. Um, whenever I want to feel, <laughs> whenever I want to feel icky, like gritty, want to watch something that like makes me feel something i'll definitely pick up <laughs> sinister um it's one of the this is gonna sound so dumb but it's one of the lighter darker films that i've enjoy like there's some dark shit that i enjoy and then this is like a little bit more accepted dark shit if that makes sense yeah that's what i'm saying like it's uh the snuff film aspect of it makes it really uh dark you know mm-hmm. what we're saying uh but like i said it feels clean it's probably one of the most uh widely known like i was saying uh yeah movies that mainstream kind of incorporate, yeah that incorporates something that dark you know yeah how do you feel about it um i really enjoy the movie tremendously i think it's great i think it's still probably one of the scariest movies in recent memory i mean they did a study just last year in 2020 that out of 35 films that like horror movies that they presented to like a study group this movie was the one that created the most anxiety while watching it i could see that i mean it makes sense the film itself is very scary like i said i think they sacrifice a lot of story potentially um because it's a very simple story it is uh and i don't hate that they sacrifice it because if if they if they kind of played into those you know to the family dynamic more than they already did it might just feel a little bit more boring so i'm glad that they spent a lot of time with ethan's character Mm -hmm. but i think just they do a good job at making every scene very uncomfortable or you're very i don't know like we said earlier too like the sound design just it adds to that anxiety so it makes sense that people 
would say that this is probably like one of the most scary films in recent memory. For a good film, it just doesn't sit right sometimes. <laughs> it doesn't though. It's still very uncomfortable to watch. Uh, but overall, I think it's great. I think the acting is really great. Ethan Hawke does great in the movie. Uh, he has a very, uh, I don't know. I feel like it's something, because he turned on the role in Insidious and then he <laughs> kind of picked this up not too long after that. And I think he did a great job. Uh, the wife is also really great. She doesn't uh, she doesn't do much, but she's good in the scenes that she does have. I don't understand why he turned down Insidious because not even they're like a couple of years before this, he was in the purge. So like he's really just following a lot of the same. Oh yeah, a few years after this too. Yeah. So um, do we think Ethan Hawke is hot? Uh, do we think Ethan Hawke is hot in this movie? Yes. Really? Do you not think he's hot in this movie? No, not in this at movie. all. Mm-mm. I mean, obviously, Deputy So and So is hotter. Well, yeah, for sure. Maybe. Uh, well, he's cute. I think Deputy So and So is cute. Like, I want to pinch his cheeks. I don't want to ride his dick. Right, right, right. You're right. I don't like. He like he's a fun friend to keep around and. As I see him grow and, you know, maybe have a little bit of facial hair and maybe get, um, I don't know, like a little bit more, more meat on his bones. Not that we're not. So he's the friend, he's the friend that you keep around to like, they develop into the full man. But yeah, he's one of those people where he's funny and he's fun to have around like right from the jump and you enjoy his energy, but he doesn't really feel like, you know, somebody that you can be into. But yeah, as you see him grow, he feels like that type. You see him grow, he gets a little facial hair <laughs> um, or something. And he just turns into like the perfect guy. But Ethan Hawke is definitely like very fuckable. He's very, you know, <laughs> I can understand if the dick is banging, I understand why his wife is like, going with him everywhere because he kind of has like a little he has a little of a he's like i don't know he looks like he has a bite to him in this movie oh, i don't know what it okay. is i think it's the facial hair he just looks very down and dirty i guess follow because he also looks really dirty he's really looks tired this entire movie um so he just uh, looks- the whole energy of this movie is dirty <laughs> <laughs> you're right but yeah, the movie's great. I will show this movie to anybody and everybody. And every time I do, I tell them it's a very scary movie. So just be prepared to watch it. So you would recommend it to like the everyday horror fan? Oh yeah, this is one of those movies that I feel like everybody needs to watch. Um, just because of really how intense it is, really, truly. Um, I still, I don't know. I don't like the ending too much. I don't like how they just randomly end up at their big, huge mansion again with like, no explanation. Not that we need it because who cares? It's ending anyways, but it just feels silly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the daughter killing them all. I mean, it's very haunting, a very haunting visual. But then like we spend like the three mil- minutes of her like coloring into the box and the kids staring at her on the projector and, you know, the boogle picking her up. Like I didn't need any of that. I just, I don't know. It seemed very silly at that point to me. We could have ended with like her holding the ax and like doing the head tilt. That would have been Yeah. Good. And then the ghoul like being down the hall and then like rushing towards the screen or something like just something quick simple yeah. like i didn't need any of the other stuff it just if at that point it felt like a cartoon in a sense i feel like the creators had a beginning like they had a beginning a middle and an end but for them to like make them work together i feel like they didn't exactly figure out how to mesh them all together and so I like the basic ideas, but the execution in some parts, I'm not here for. It's still a good movie, but it's oh yeah, yeah. it's great. No, 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 it's great. It's scary. I mean, we we watch the movie for the snuff film aspect. We watch it for uh, the Google's creepy scenes. Like it's one of the. It's a movie that focuses and is made up of its scares. We don't go into it for the plot. (laughs) Yeah, we don't go into it for the family dynamic. We although they try to give us a little bit of that, they really don't focus a lot on it. Yeah. Uh, so that's not why we watched this movie in the slightest. But yeah, the plot just feels very simple. Uh, but who gives a fuck? It's still a great movie. Um, I rated it four out of five stars just for the fact of the weight of that first viewing experience. I think I'm going to be that bitch. It terrified the shit out of me um, for many years. And because of that, I will always hold it in high regards, pretty much as one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. I would put it at a good like four, four and a half. Um, yeah, just because it's a good fucking movie. No like 
Either way. Out of five, obviously, people. Out of five. (laughs) Out of five. There is a sequel. Have you seen the sequel? I have not seen the sequel. I heard through the grapevine it's not good. I have also heard the same thing, and I have not seen it. Um, So maybe we'll make that like an Instagram live experience or something. Um, If y'all want us to review it, let us know. DMs are open. Comments are open. Yeah, if you guys think that it's worth us watching Sinister 2, um, maybe we can do like a bonus episode. Yeah. Off our schedule, just quick shit talking about the movie and just seeing what we like and what we don't like about it. If you guys think it's worth it, we wouldn't mind doing like a bonus episode, a slasher talks episode of just talking Sinister 3 for a bit. And maybe a few other topics, whatever's on our mind. But maybe we can check it out and do that if people really think Sinister 2 is worth it. Because... Yeah, let us know. If not, then I'm not going to bother. I'm really not. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm not interested. We'll watch it on the low. It's the Boogeyman. How like much? What what more can they do with this that's going to make it interesting? Uh, for the Boogeyman, we didn't get any like under the bed scenes, so I'd like that. Because they didn't fucking show the kids. <laughs> uh, adults have beds. Okay, but yeah, but that's like a kid thing. Uh, something being under the bed just ties into being a kid. Mm, I'm. Almost 30, and I'm scared of things being under my bed. I check underneath the bed every night. I'm not fucking saying that shit. But in terms of like, you know, what we're used to, it's gonna right. be like a kid thing. So you check it every night, but like, what would you do if you found something? Oh, I think about it every day. Every time <laughs> I, every, I turn on my flashlight on my phone, and I'm like, if today's a day where there's actually the fucking person from your next with the fucking wolf mask underneath my bed with mm-hmm. an axe ready to kill me, in that moment, well, first off, I'd be pissed off that I locked the door to my room to protect my, <laughs> to protect me from whatever's out there. Because now yeah. I'm stuck inside with whatever is <laughs> under my bed. Right. What would I do? I mean, my only true option would be to try to get out of my room and run down the stairs and out the front door. Mm. I have no other. Do you have option. a window? I do, but it's kind of hard to open. So, oh. well, but, but if you start, if he's coming out of the bed and I run to my window and like rip it open, the good thing is, is it does leave like a little uh like the roof i guess like a little roof area and mm-hmm. i mean i would jump down uh, luckily our roommate shannon she parks right in front of like my window kind of I mean, it's more <laughs> in front of her window, but i can walk to her and i you know to her window and jump in onto her car to kind of break my fall so i think maybe i would attempt to jump out my window if somebody was underneath my bed okay what would you do if the night happened where there was actually somebody underneath your bed <laughs> uh so that's not going to happen because my bed's on the floor. So get fucked, murderers. We're still working on a bed frame. <laughs> oh, I thought you had like one of those bed frames where like there was nothing underneath. Oh, no, I need to buy a new bed frame. So she's chilling on the floor. <laughs> I'd be impressed if somebody was on my bed. They'd be, have to be like Undertaker, like pushing my bed. Up. <laughs> and that's impressive. And I would probably be just like, what the fuck? All right. Tonight's no. the night. Tonight's the night. That'd be. I. I mean. I don't know. I hope. I hope. I never have to figure out what I would do. Oh yeah, same. But again, I don't know where they can take this story. I don't know why they bothered to make a sequel. Nothing. Not everything needs a sequel. I'm a strong believer in that. Um, And I feel like Sinister is one of those movies that didn't need a sequel in any way. I wasn't even excited when it first came out. I wasn't like, oh fuck yeah, Bagul, let's fucking go. Bagul. Like, no, girl. Like, one movie was enough, and the ending was so silly that you can only, I feel like you can only be more cheesy at that point. But if they, what if they rehash, like, the Super 8 film shit? I don't need it. What if it's just more snuff films? I'm down. But that's because I like snuff films. I mean, I guess you're right. But then at that point, (laughs) then what's the point? What if it's, like, a hard drive that's full of murders? I don't know. Like, dark web shit? Ooh. No, we don't need that. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> There's probably something stupid at the end. No, it, I mean, the movie, I remember the trailers, though, and it's like a farmhouse or something. So I doubt they're, like, really hot hot and heavy with the internet. I don't know. You never know. Maybe they have a MacBook. Maybe they have a MacBook. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's probably something crazy. And then, like, the Bagul gets into the World Wide Web, and then, like, the movie ends. <laughs> it reminds me of the silver, uh, what is it? The electric monster from Scooby-Doo where he's like surfing the web and shit. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the cyber surfer. There you go. I was thinking <laughs> silver surfer and I was like, that's not right. 
honestly, Fantastic Four, that's a horror movie in and of itself. Girl. Um, <laughs> but my actual gay awakening, though, also. Really? Yeah, Chris Evans. Uh... Cyber Surfer was my... <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Happy Pride Month. <laughs> Yeah, happy Pride Month. So I, for Pride Month, let's try to make everything gay. Is there anything gay in this movie? Bagul. Bagul to me is very gay. Asexual? I feel like he doesn't do any anything dirty. Yeah, I mean, besides just eating eat children's souls. <laughs> you know what Nothing I mean? Nothing dirty at all. <laughs> Get bugged. <laughs> <laughs> He's only having these children murder their families. <laughs> um... Yeah, I just think his whole presence just feels very, I don't know, very gay. <laughs> if I have okay. to think anything gay in this movie, it's going to be him, I guess. Okay, fair enough. You know what? The whole relationship between Deputy So-and-so and Ethan Hawke's character, I feel like that could have blossomed, no? Yeah. And that's why he's getting distant from his wife. <laughs> mm, yeah, right. Figuring out himself. Yeah, and the Bagul represents... I'm offending so many people in the community no, right now. No, And the Bagul represents his, you know... his Sexuality, inner... his quote-unquote demons. Yeah. But yeah, so Sinister is great. It's fantastic. Obviously, check it out. I don't believe it's streaming anywhere at this present time. I own it, so I was able to watch it that way. I think it's on Netflix. Or maybe it's a sequel Sinister that's on Netflix. Sinister 2 is on Netflix, yeah. How did you watch it, Stormy? I did it illegally. Okay. Well, I don't believe it's available to stream anywhere at this present time. Uh, you can probably find it in your local $5 bin at Walmart. Uh, you can buy it on iTunes for 10 bucks or rent it for like four, three, whatever the rental price is. Um, but it's great. Obviously, I feel like if you haven't seen Sinister by this point, you definitely need to check it out. It's great. It's spooky. And it's an all year movie. Watch it whenever. It doesn't fit within the season. Right. And it has a whole kill count of 20 people, this film, so. Wow. That's a good split, amount. Split right down the middle. 50-50. 10 girls and 10 boys. Equality. Honestly, I can <laughs> see the people, like, literally just, like, probably getting into, I don't know, I feel like we wouldn't vibe. I feel like I would, like, fight with the goal. He just looks so big. You already said he was going to catch these hands, so. You're right. I just want to beat the fuck out of him. I curb don't know stomp. why. I do. I don't know what it is. It just hits. He doesn't the... have a mouth, so I couldn't necessarily curb stomp him because you gotta like, like bite the. Never mind. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, yes, this is Stormy's month, Pride Month. Obviously, we aim to make every day a gay day, um, and this month is not gonna be you know different. Well, where can people find us, Stormy? You can find us on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. Please do let us know if you enjoyed this episode and if you want to hear us review Sinister 2. Be sure to give us a review if you can because it really does help. Stay spooky, guys, and we love you so much. Love you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.